Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southernness to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. That greetings and good Monday afternoon to Golden Eagle fans around the state of Mississippi. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Dalton Stanford from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon, broadcasting around the state. Super Talk Radio Network online, uh, wherever you may be, in a number of. Uh, of a podcast platforms that Dalton can inform you about a little later in the show. So we're everywhere and glad that you're with us this day. This opening segment sponsored by our good buddies at Dickie's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of this show and Southern Miss Athletics. You can enjoy their fall off the bone ribs, hickory smoked brisket, and other great meats. They smoke in-house every day. And don't forget, they cater any event large or small. So maybe you've got a tailgate planned for this Saturday Dickies would be the people to call Dickies Barbecue Pit, uh, good supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. We're going to have David Crane, the voice of the UAB Blazers, on the show here in just a moment. Marchant Kenny, former Southern Miss great, will be joining us a little later in the show as well. And I guess we'll catch up on the NFL news over the weekend and all sorts of good stuff. But let's start this afternoon with UAB Blazer football, the hottest team in the league over the last couple of years. What a year 2018 it was. 11-3 conference champions, Boga Raton Bowl champions. Uh, just a couple of years ago, Bill Clark, the national coach of the year. Things are looking good in UAB Blazer land, but a lot of folks say this will be a uh, this will be a very important year for the program. Let's see what David Crane, the voice of the Blazers, thinks. David, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad to have you on the show. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Well, we're good, man. I know last year was like a dream year almost. It was, uh, it was so good. Uh, what do you say, David, to the critics that say 2019, very important year, a lot of the leadership, older kids that were on the UAB program through the good and bad times are now gone, and, and now this will be a really test for the program this year? Well, I think that's, you know, a fair assessment. You lose 30, what, 33, 34 guys from last year's team that, that set all sorts of school records. And, and I would imagine most people would expect to drop off. Um, I think UAB was picked, what, fourth in, in their division uh, in the preseason. Uh, I, I think Coach Clark will be sending out the thank you notes to everybody who voted him fourth in the mm-hmm. league so he can post right. that up in, in the locker room. It, it gets abused out of that, but yeah, it, it's similar to um, when when someone picked him as the number 130th best team, you know, the year of the return two years ago. I understand the thinking uh, behind that. I understand the thinking behind uh, people expecting UAB to have a drop off this year, and I'll be curious to see how much if there is one uh, because they have recruited well. I think there's talent there. It's just young and inexperienced. So you, you do go from a senior-laden team last year that won a championship to a, a talented group that just doesn't have as much experience. And that's when you hope 
those seniors that are around this year can provide the leadership and you hope you can get off to a good start Thursday night against Alabama State, get a win under your belt, and and have that experience level grow. Avoid the injury bug, all the all the usual things, and and you hope you can watch this team grow and, and get better and more confident as the season goes along. David, after what the program went through, and it's well documented now, everybody knows what I'm talking about. To to win the conference championship. To go win the Boca Raton Bowl, to go eleven and three, what did that mean to the university last year? Well, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm smart enough to, to put it into words, but um, it, it's a it's a remarkable story. We've talked a lot about it uh, on here over the last mm-hmm. several years, and and you know people that are removed uh, from it, removed from Birmingham, removed from Conference USA probably don't have a, a, a true appreciation for what all has transpired in the last four or five years here in Birmingham. So uh, I think for the fans uh, that stuck with it and, and persevered and fought to bring it back, and I think for Bill Clark and, and his staff, who the great majority of those guys stuck around uh, during the, the two-year absence, and to, to put it all together – to play the way they did down the stretch uh, in the Conference USA Championship game, in the bowl game, um, to have a parade on campus for your football team when you didn't have a team two years before that, it's just remarkable. And, and I think everyone associated with the program uh, is, is awfully proud, and, and, and rightfully so. That A lot of hard work went into um, that team last year, and it's not just the players and the coaches, but it's the – the supporters and the boosters and uh, all those folks. So a, a lot of pride. Uh, prideful is probably the, the best word to describe uh, the way folks felt about last season. And I think it did a lot, too. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I, I think it was important to the downtown Birmingham area, too, to have that football program back. And, uh, you know, the, the school's right in the middle of downtown Birmingham. Uh, so, it, so I think it had to be – pride that ex- that ex- extended past the boundaries of the campus. Am I right about that? Oh, I think so. And, and you look at the construction that's going on all over campus with, with new buildings and dorms and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then you, you go further downtown and see where the, the new stadium is being built. They've broken ground and, and the, it's underway. And so mm-hmm. hopefully two years from now, uh, we'll be talking about the, the season opener in, in uh, uh, Protective Life Stadium in downtown Birmingham. So there's a lot of excitement, and, and I think last year had a lot to do with that. And, and you hope that, that will, the momentum will carry. You had the return, and you knew there would be excitement surrounding that. And had a good year. Last year you won a championship. You hope you can carry that momentum, keep building it, and kind of make it last for, for two more years until you have that next sort of carrot out there, that new stadium, uh, that's going to add a lot of excitement as well. So uh, if you can keep building and, and trending in the right direction, I think the future is very bright for, for UAB football, for UAB, and, and for the city of Birmingham. And then maybe finally they can tear down the old gray lady. Is that possible that we could? I, I, don't, I, don't, think, I don't think it's <laughs> physically possible. We have joked for years and years and years 
they will bring the wrecking ball out, and it will look like a Bugs Bunny cartoon. <clears throat> the wrecking ball will slam into Legion Field, and the wrecking ball will cry. I think you're probably right about that. All right, Luke, and, jump, jump in. Luke, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not buying UAB finishing fourth. Uh, in the Western Division of Conference USA. I, I just think they have Me too good a coach and, and too good a players to finish fourth. I'm thankful for uh, for the University of Alabama at Birmingham because James Andrew repaired my uh, anterior cruciate ligament <laughs> there on my left knee several years ago. Um, but it was always interesting playing at, at Legion. Absolutely. You're exactly right. David, uh, if there wasn't uh, a guy that played for North Texas by the name of Mason Fine, UAB would probably have the preseason uh, offensive player of the year. Spencer Brown rushed for almost 1,300 yards last year, set a school record, 16 touchdowns. He's a, he's a good-looking kid, 6 feet, 230. What makes him so good, and who else is going to step up this year, particularly at quarterback for the Blazers? Well, Spencer is, is – Amazing, a, a local kid, and and you mentioned his numbers last year, and and maybe the most impressive part of that is he really did it on one wheel. Uh, he had a had of a kind of a bad foot most of the season. Um, he is one hundred percent ready to go now. They they sort of watched him closely in, in the spring, over the summer, and in the the early part of fall camp. So uh, he feels better now than he has. In, in probably a year or so. So he comes into this season needing, I think it's 260, just over 260 yards to become the school's all-time leading rusher. So he wow. is um, a, a focal point of that offense. Tyler Johnston uh, will be the quarterback, and, and he finished the season as the starter. A.J. Erdley, who I believe resides in Hattiesburg now, um, was just – a warrior in battle, but the injuries took their toll, and, and so um, Tyler stepped up and, and finished things out, and, and really looked awfully good. So uh, I think you're right. You know, Mason's fine, uh, without question. All eyes will be on him, rightfully so, uh, for the offensive, potentially offensive play of the year in Conference USA. But I think Spencer Brown's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting, and, and if Tyler Johnson plays the way he did in the final five or six games last season. There's no reason to think this UAB offense can't be um, similarly explosive uh, as it was last season. The biggest question mark probably on offense is that offensive line. You lost a lot of leadership. You got one starter back right there in the middle and lead to four at the center. He is a senior, which helps. I guess it's always good if you're only going to have one senior to have him right there in the middle of the offensive line. But um, it'll be interesting to see how that group matures and progresses and if they can open up some holes for Spencer Brown and give Tyler Johnson – time to throw uh the offense shouldn't miss a beat hey david if you can hang around we're going to keep you over i'd like to talk to you a little bit about conference usa football this year and what, what you see from the league is that good absolutely all right david crane is the voice of the uab blazers and he'll be back on the eagle hour right after this break Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 
Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to David Crane, the play-by-play voice of the UAB Blazer football program, and uh, no stranger to the Eagle Hour. Always enjoy having David on the show with us. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Our good friends down on Hardy Street, right across the corner from the USM campus, have the biggest selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere on the planet. And if you're listening in other parts of the state and can't get to Hattiesburg, you just go to CampusBookmart.net. And uh, they will deliver your Southern Miss swag right to your front door. All right. As I said, David Crane uh, on the show with us right now talking about UAB. David, I want to get into a little bit uh, your perception of Conference USA. But first, I think Luke had a couple of follow-up questions for you about the UAB squad. Go ahead, Luke. David, I want to talk about the defense. Garrett Marino, uh, preseason All-Conference USA, and, and he's kind of the, the biggest name back in sacks and tackles for loss. Uh, how many how many starters on defense were lost? When we're looking at UAB, we're, we're looking at a defense that's a lot like the Nasty Bunch at Southern Miss. They finished ninth last year in the country. So what's the defense going to look like for the Blazers? Well, there'll, there'll be some familiar faces, but a lot of new starters. I think it's going to be eight new starters Um for the defense, you mentioned Garrett Marino. He's sort of the the anchor of that front. Uh, Fitz Mofor, who's been around for a while, uh, is going to be at linebacker. Chris Mall, who has started some, um, will be back as well. And then Dijon Turner in the secondary. So um, you, you've got a little familiarity there, but it, it is going to be a, a different looking group. And unfortunately, Bronte Harris, who they felt like was going to be maybe the anchor on the back end of that defense. Uh, is going to miss the year, suffered a foot injury early uh, in preseason practice. So I, I think it's fair to say that may be the, the biggest question mark um, is what what is the defense going to look like as a whole, the offensive line, the, the question mark on that side of the ball. But um, that, that group was so good last year, three shutouts, which I think was tops in the nation, tops in Conference USA, may have set a record in the league, something like that. So they set a mighty high standard, and, and Bill Clark has talked about that in the preseason and, and really not shied away from it. He said that's kind of that, that's our standard. That's how we want to be thought of as a defense. And so uh, that bar has been set pretty high by the group last year. And, um, again, they've got some guys back that have had some playing time, but you don't have that senior leadership. You don't have – a bunch of starters returning on defense. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that group performs early. And, and similarly, as I said, you know, like the offensive line, build build some momentum, uh, get some confidence, and, and hopefully that group will progress nicely as the season goes along. Scheduling-wise, uh, you know, it's 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 a kind of a, a, a fairly tame first half of the season. <laughs> But starting on October 19th, man, it gets brutal. Uh, you're Old Dominion at home, then you're at Rocky Top in Knoxville, then you come to Hattiesburg, you get a little break with UTEP, but then Louisiana Tech, and and then you're at Denton to close the season. Uh, the Really, that's going to tell the tale. We could even say at, at November 9th on Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, North Texas, three out of the four weeks in November. Yeah, it's tough, and, and a lot of people have – Indicated that you know it's it's an easy schedule, so you ought to you know rack up a lot of wins. That's sort of going on the assumption that that nobody else on the schedule is going to get any better than they were last year. That <laughs> is not going to maybe have a little drop off this year. So, um, you know, based off last year's results, yes, the, the early part of the schedule is more favorable. Uh, the the back end is is more challenging, but 
I think Bill Clark would be the first one to tell you you've got to – the season openers, every coach frets about a season opener. And so Alabama State Thursday night, an in-state game, everybody's going to be nervous about that. Week two, you go to Akron, which doesn't sound tough, but UAB has had a, a problem in week two with road games out of conference. They have had two less-than-stellar trips to, to Ball State and last year to Coastal Carolina. So I know Bill Clark would love to go to Akron, play well, and get a win and actually be 2-0. and to start a season. And then, again, you get an open date. You can you can work on some things and, and hopefully build that momentum as you go along because you are going to have to be playing your best ball come November uh, because that, that back half, back end of the schedule is tough. And the only good thing about that Tennessee game is the Blazers do have their final open date the week before that. So you will at least be rested uh, going to Knoxville and, you know, if, potentially built up your tolerance for all that orange before you have to endure it. Yeah, exactly. Dave, when you look at the rest of the conference uh, this year over in the West, uh, is it kind of the same old cast of characters in your mind? Uh, you know, North Texas, Louisiana Tech, Southern Miss, UAB, uh, those four uh, probably considered the upper echelon of that side. And then you got the Florida schools, and I guess you could throw in Marshall, uh, over on the east, uh, is that the way you see it, or do you see a surprise team there this year? I'm not sure if I see a surprise team. I know we got a couple of new coaches uh, in the league, and I guess they're both both in the East Division uh, at Charlotte and Western Kentucky. And and I'm I'm I am curious to see what Western looks like under Tyson Helton. He was at UAB for a while uh, when I was here. Uh, he was offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach i think under under neil calloway so i I think tyson's going to do a nice job at western kentucky it's a matter of how quickly can he can he turn it around so i I think marshall is is probably the the safe pick uh in the east but i think both the florida schools uh will be uh tough to deal with and and I, i think lane kiffin's bunch will be better this year especially on the defensive side and um a chance for them, I, I guess, to get out of the gate and, and make a statement for the league when they go to uh, Columbus on Saturday and, and play the Buckeyes. So uh, right. maybe they can go up and, and uh, do the league crowd on on Saturday afternoon. All right. Last question I have is this: I go to the I go to the west of us to the east of us. I know several years ago in Louisiana there was some sort of legislation passed and. And I think I'm right about this. LSU plays one of the non-SEC. Louisiana Division One schools every year. Uh, here, there's a, a little bit of play between Mississippi State and Southern Miss, although I don't know how long-term that'll be. And absolutely no communication between Ole Miss and Southern Miss about ever playing again. There ever any discussion over in your state about Alabama and Auburn playing Troy, South Alabama, UAB on a regular basis? If, if I had a cricket sound effect, I would I – would play it for you right now because uh-huh. uh, that, that's about the response you know um and uab is going to play south alabama this year we play troy fairly regularly we open with alabama state we played alabama a&m last year so we certainly um will, will schedule a lot of the in-state teams um I, I think auburn is a little more willing to do that there has been talk that, that auburn and uab might play again in football, um, but it, that's just that's just not something Alabama 
does. It's not like they go play, you know, Troy and South and, and other schools. That's just something that they really have never done. I, I'm not sure the last time you could go back and, and check the record books to see the last time Alabama played an, an in-state team um, in football. So it, it's kind of a – unfortunately, it's a, a non-starter uh, in that regard, but it would be great. Uh, Auburn and UAB have played once, uh, and that would be a nice – to. Nice to get that going again, and it's been a great series in basketball between uh, UAB and Auburn the last several years. And um, maybe we can can get it going again in football. But it, it's it's and I, look, I've I've been on both sides. I understand the pros and cons on both sides, and, and you can debate those until you're blue in the face. But uh, no, nope, unfortunately, right now uh, there's there's not a whole lot of chatter on that. Front. But I gather, much like here, they'll play other conference USA schools. They just won't play the Conference USA schools from their state. Am I, have I got that right? Yeah. Uh, you know, Middle Tennessee's been to Tuscaloosa. Western Kentucky's been to Tuscaloosa uh, in the fairly recent past. So, yeah, they will. Um, but, you know, but again, it, it's – it's a well, long, long story. Well, sure well, it's a and, long and using, story. And, and using the Mississippi schools in here also, not just the Alabama schools, why do you think that's their attitude? We'll play Conference USA schools from other states, but no CA USA team from our state. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Now, I'm not sure anybody's ever really, you know, gotten into that. Um, you know, they will note it and, and mention it, but not sure the reason why. I guess, you know, maybe one school of thought is, you know, Technically, yeah, you're competing against each other, maybe for recruits and and things like that. And and I don't want to pay you to come play me. On the off chance you might beat me, and think, so I, you know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I really don't know the answer. Uh, I, I, I wish I did. Um, okay, it's, but it's but it's not take it as a compliment. It, it's for not schools. confined it's just to Mississippi, is it, David? Oh no, it's, it's not. Oh, it's not just no. a Mississippi issue between oh. the schools oh, no. here in Mississippi. Oh no, we've always known Mississippi and Alabama have a lot in common. <laughs> you can add you can add this to the list. <laughs> yeah, you can add that to the list as well. Gotcha. All right, David. Always a great conversation, man. We appreciate very much you taking the time to be on the show. All right, guys. Good to talk to you, David Crane. Everybody, the voice of the UAB Blazers. When we come back, Marchant Kenny, now with the ESPN Network, and of course a former stalwart with the Golden Eagles. He's on the show next. Stay with us. To the, top. to the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Great weekly deals, daily specials. Check them out on Facebook. Go in, play some trivia, see some great Southern Miss memorabilia, and check out their 895 
Daily Lunch with a Drink. It's all at 4th Street Bar and Grill, located in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. We should say we will be there live this Friday, and uh, glad to uh, know that head coach Jay Ladner will be joining us over there. Luke, Bob, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and beautiful downtown Laurel. Uh, just some exciting things coming out, especially uh, media-wise. We talked to Russ Anderson about the NFL Network deal uh, with showcasing Conference USA. Southern Miss will be on there three times, but Southern Miss will also be on ESPN Plus this year. And uh, happy to have uh, the color commentator for uh, those broadcasts. Uh, everybody knows him. Probably the best middle linebacker to ever play um, at Southern Miss, Marshant Kenny, joins us now. What's up, bud? Hey, how you guys doing? And definitely flattered by that intro and extremely honored to uh, be able to be on the ESPN Plus team for, for my alma mater. I, uh, I saw uh, a game your freshman year uh, at Tiger Stadium. You pulled a Baker Mayfield and claimed the, the Tiger in the middle of the field for Southern Miss. Then the last game of your career, Marchant, you told Lee Corso not so fast. So, I mean, if there's anybody out there, uh, that that's a golden eagle. Uh, and, and everybody remembers you on the news and stuff, man. Just, I guess, uh, how excited are you to be able uh, to pour in uh, back into uh, the university and bring Southern Miss games this year? Oh, super excited. And definitely appreciate that intro right there because definitely came full circle from my freshman year to my senior year with Smack Talk with having the Southern Miss flag in the middle of Tiger Stadium on the eye and then talking smack to Lee Corso. I live in Baton Rouge, so that picture of me with the flag in the middle of Tiger Stadium has gotten gotten around, that's for sure. <laughs> Marchette, I read. I was reading uh, before we went on the air. Of course, I, I knew this. You've been on the show before. But uh, you have 280 career tackles. You made 106 of those tackles in 1996 alone. So in the other three years, you only made 174 tackles. Were you just kind of screwing off those three years, Marshan? Is that what it was? I was too busy, I guess, uh, <laughs> getting around worried about other things than playing football. So, but, uh, but no, that, I definitely took a lot of pride in solo tackles. I mean, the team I was on, that defense, I mean, my goodness, how could I not make plays? I was so freed up by a stud defensive line. I mean, Adelius Thomas. Uh, you know, some of these guys, Cedric Scott, um, and then the linebackers next to me, T.J. Slaughter, Latrell Pollard, and that secondary led by Patrick Sertan. Um, I mean, my goodness, almost everybody on that team had a shot, on the defense had a shot in the NFL. I mean, it, it was just uber-talented and a fun, a fun time to be a part of that defense. I think right there you named five NFL football players. Oh, and 10 out of the 11 starters, uh, including myself, had an undrafted free agent shot with the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, had a... Had a Played in the NFL, some of them long careers. I mean, I mean, just just some unbelievable talent. I mean, Adelius Thomas was on the cover of ESPN the magazine. For goodness, goodness mm-hmm. sake, you know, mm-hmm. just just really good player. Two hundred and eighty tackles. Is there any one moment that still sticks out in your memory? Maybe some guy you really wanted to get your hands on. You really got the opportunity and you crushed him. Can you think of anybody, Marshant? Um. I guess the biggest moment for me, just being a Louisiana guy, being a New Orleans native, growing up bleeding purple and gold before I started bleeding black and gold at Southern Miss, is just, just going to the Tiger Stadium and, and beating the Tigers. Chris Pierce kicked that 52-yard field goal late in the game and, uh, and, and just celebrating with the, the amazing fans we have in the end zone until they shut the place down and kicked us out. I mean, that, that moment was just special being a Louisiana guy. Right. Does every kid in Louisiana growing up playing peewee and junior high football want to be an LSU Tiger? Well, I've got a son, Max. He's 10 years old. He does play tackle football right now. And, and But he, 
for dad, he does balance his love for Southern Miss, but it, it's hard to, to break him away from LSU. And I've got a lot of respect, obviously, for that program. And But, uh, but yeah, my son in particular, he, he definitely likes being in Tiger Stadium on Saturday nights. <laughs> so there is no – there really – in, in a way, it's always struck me that, it, that it's sort of like the state of Arkansas. Yes, the state of Arkansas has some other Division One football programs, but having lived there right on the border for many, many years – Arkansas is a Razorback state. Make no no mistake about that. I, I've always sensed LSU's that way too. Louisiana, I mean, am I right? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know that you just now that it's game week, um, you're just seeing purple and gold everywhere down here. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and so so for a guy like you to come over here though and have such a fabulous career here. Uh, are you lonely in, in Louisiana, or do you have a lot of uh, Southern Miss alums and, and friends that you can fall back on? That's funny you say that, because I, I rock Southern Miss gear all around town. You know, I haven't given in. Um, I'm definitely you know, tried and true Southern Miss guy. It, it's an island for me sometimes out here. Um, but you know what? I like that. that. That's a Southern Miss vibe. It's, it's a chip on your shoulder, me against the world. So I, I don't mind it. I actually enjoy it. <laughs> so what will it be like for you to come back uh, – part of an ESPN crew broadcasting three football games in the football stadium you were a star in. Oh, I'm so excited. I've been dealing with play-by-play guy Jason Baker all week, and he's such a super guy to work with, a ton of experience. Uh, Saturday night's going to be very special for me. I mean, I love the Southern Miss fans. I love the rock. I love the environment. Uh, Alcorn State being an in-state school, all the ties between Coach Hobson and Fred McNair, the head coach of Alcorn State. Uh, It's just going to be a special moment. I'm, I'm sure... That three-and-a-half hour, three-hour broadcast is going to whiz by, and by the end I'll be like, what just happened? But it, it, it's special. I'm really looking forward to it. Right, You're right, Luke. This man, uh, arguably the best uh, middle linebacker to ever play at Southern Miss in a lineage of great linebackers. Am I right about that, Luke? Oh, well, well Marchant was like a, a, a likable, tough guy. Like, everybody's just scared of TJ. I mean, just TJ just scares you with his eyes, with everything. Marchant, at least, like, you were, you know, you could get knocked the mess out of somebody and then just smile at him, you know. But when you look at this version, because you've been studying the Nasty Bunch, I'll ask you a couple questions, particularly uh, about this year's team as you've been researching for the broadcast. Yep. I, I see the linebackers this year with Booth. Uh, with with other guys, Latham, Bozeman, and I just kind of I'm looking at like Ty Trahan, Marshant Kenny, Pollard. I'm looking at like some of those mid '90s defense, especially in the linebacking core. Well, I guess in a nutshell, the best way to put it, an opposing coach called the players we have on defense war daddies. I mean, we've got an SEC looking defense right now. I mean this. This is the best defense we've had in a long time. I mean, last year they were number three in the nation in total defense allowed the fewest first downs in all of FBS. A lot of players coming back. That secondary 12 picks in uh, 2018. Uh, Kyle Hemby's a, an absolute stud. Um, and some of the names you mentioned. And, and I'm really interested to look at uh, at Torrance Brown, that Penn State, Penn State transfer, see what he can yeah. bring to the table. Uh, he started there, so that, that's, that's a wild card factor. And, um, and an interesting note on this game, too, Terry Whittington, who actually just transferred from Alcorn State, here, so he'll be an X factor. Love to see what he does, but this defense is absolutely loaded, and they're going to be fun to watch. 
We uh, th- This is actually some breaking news. It just came out about an hour before we went on air. The Week 1 depth chart has been released. Jack Abraham uh, looks like, according to uh, the Week 1 depth chart released, is uh, is your starting quarterback. But, Marshan, I'm not sure if you're aware of this yet. just came out at 12 o'clock today. Coach Hobson uh, saying Quez Watkins will not be available for the first two games. Not specified at all. But uh, you, you hate to lose your, your playmaker. That means he's out for Mississippi State, too. But on the offensive side of the ball, we've just been amazed. It's almost like the wide receivers look like the linebackers. I mean, just the depth for the Eagles for people to catch the football. Oh, anybody who's a Southern Miss fan should be excited about this uh, this team for sure this year. This is the best one we've seen in years, maybe since the 2011 squad. It was led by Austin Davis and, and that crew that won the Conference USA Championship. Um, yeah, tough news about Quest Watkins, but that means guys like Tim Jones, Jordan Mitchell have to step up. Uh, Jordan Mitchell will be fun to watch in a more prominent role, obviously, this week, the Hattiesburg native. So, uh, but, but they're a good offense, no doubt about it. Statistically not very good last year, statistically. Uh, but Jack Abraham and uh, backup Tate Watley are very good quarterbacks. And um, it was kind of neat listening to the Conference USA Media Days with Coach Hop. Uh, he talked about Jack Abraham and, and reminded him of Nick Mullins. Talked about Tate Watley, kind of reminded him of Brett Favre with the dual threat uh, possibility. So uh, they're talented. Quez Watkins lost is tough for a couple games, but, I mean, they fill in pretty well uh, in, in that wide receiver core. Marshall, when you played, you guys were very physical. You could go play physical football with any anybody in the country. Uh, and you talk about this defensive team being so much better than what we've seen in the last few years. Can they physically go play with a Mississippi State and an Alabama? Absolutely. The Alabama game is what it is. Obviously, talent-wise, they are loaded. Uh, I know a lot of eyes, a lot of publications in the preseason have looked at that Mississippi State game and you know look out for Southern Miss with a possible upset factor there. I've read it a couple of times. So I think they can match up well with Mississippi State. Um, let's cross the Alabama game when we get there. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't everybody say that nowadays, Marshall? I mean, you know, you want Bama, but, you know, they are Bama. You know, let's let's cross that bridge when we get there. You played against a lot of SEC schools when you were here, and I'm out of time, but answer this very quickly. Has there ever been an Alabama, has there ever been a program so dominant over a period of years as what we've seen recently with them? Um, The best team – like individual is probably that mid ninety Nebraska team that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But as far as just just what Alabama is doing over time right now, I, I can't remember anything like this. They're, they're special. Hey, we ran out of time too quick. We're going to get you back. Is that a deal? Absolutely. All right, Marshant Kenny, we'll be back on the Eagle Hour. We always enjoy our conversations, and we'll continue the Eagle Hour today right after this. Thanks, Marshant. Southern Miss to the top. Back for the fourth segment brought to you every day by Gulfport Home Center located on Highway 49 in Gulfport, Mississippi. More room for you. 
more room for your family. Gulfport Home Center, proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Bob Luke and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Big thanks to David Crane and Marshant Kenny for joining us today. Uh, just a quick breaking news. Again, we mentioned it with uh, Marshant last segment, but just to let you know again, Jay Hobson today at his press conference has said that Quez Watkins will be held out of the first two games of the season. So the Alcorn State game and the Mississippi State game, no Quez Watkins, no reason given, uh, but that's breaking news. Also, uh, just to let you know, some depth charts uh, for Southern Miss and, and just some uh, everything is is ending up as, as we kind of talked about. The biggest one I want to let you know about is the offensive line. Uh, Jack Abraham is the starting quarterback, uh, according to the week one depth chart released by Southern Miss. Drake Dorbeck at left tackle, Ty Pollard at left guard, Trace Clopton at center, Arvin Fletcher at right guard, Tanner Hathorn uh, will be your right tackle, and it looks like Jalen Adams, Tim Jones, and Jordan Mitchell at receiver with Travinsky Mosley at running back. All right, we've got Larry Tate in the studio with us here in Hattiesburg. Larry is the Vice President of Sales for Telesouth Communications. Longtime media guy, big football fan, sports fan like all of us. A couple quick questions for you, Larry. Southern Miss announced this last week they're going to sell beer at the football game. That's right. Athletic director made it very clear. We're trying to find ways to get butts in the stands. We have got to increase our attendance. But you pointed out to me that Southern Miss is not the only school experiencing attendance problems. Well, the the current attendance problem is a is a nationwide problem. Uh, you can go to the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or the business of college sports. There's currently five schools in the country, and two of those are Penn State and Kentucky that are downsizing their stadiums to uh, fit the needs of moving forward. It's kind of like when you go to a restaurant. Uh, you got one restaurant seats 200, another restaurant seats 400. You, you look at the one that's got 200 and 200, and it's full. And you go to the next door, and it's got 200 and 400, and you say, ain't nothing happening there. It's half full. Mm-hmm. And you go back to the one that's, that's full. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same way, uh, much the same way from a marketing point, the NFL was way ahead of college in the fact that they made the games an event, and uh, currently college is uh, suffering, you know, suffering from that. When you can stay home and watch television, uh, you know, a good example is a game Saturday night, Florida and Miami. There was no other game for me to flip the channel to when they were having a, an official review or a long commercial break. I eventually turned the game off. Mm-hmm. So you think it's just overexposed? It's the college the, football. The sport has been overexposed. There's too few schools competing. Uh, people are it's burnout. Uh, the hardest college football fans don't care anymore, and uh, the NFL actually, despite all of their p- bad publicity about the uh, national anthem and everything else, they're the one that stands to gain. Most NFL stadiums are in the sixty, seventy thousand seat range. Right. I remember when Texas A and M was doing their stadium expansion, and now forgive me, I can't recall the guy's name who does the business of sports uh, for the New York Times said that'll be the last stadium expansion. And NCAA college football, and people, the guy said, "Well, that's crazy." Mm-hmm. He, he was right, right. because that, that that ship has sailed. And Texas A and M, you know, last year Georgia had ten thousand empty seats in the upper deck for an SEC football game in October. Mm-hmm. That's Georgia, who was right. in the top five at the time. Do you think that? Do you think the separation of the Power Five from the rest of the college football world has has created? The lack of interest, or the no, absolutely. lack of interest. Yeah, absolutely, I, I tell you, um, the the most the hardest core college football fans 
are burned out by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody gets into the season, and they, you know, used to back in the eighties, use Southern Miss, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, anybody example. You think, man, if we can have an eight and three year, pretty good year. Now, if they get two and two in the first four games or three and one, they're ready to throw in the towel. Season's over. Right. I, I like the idea of a college football playoff, but it's the worst thing that ever happened to the game if they're not going to expand it to eight or sixteen teams because there's too few people in the pool. And uh, the group of I'm the, sorry. the group of five football player is the only collegiate athlete that does not play for a national championship. The group of five has zero chance to play for a national championship. Yeah, that's correct. Really, what the college football playoff is is a four team invitation. Right. That's what it is. And you made such an interesting point to me. You said that had other conferences like the Big Twelve been given the benefit of the doubt that the SEC has when right. it came to the championship game, right? There'd be other. There'd be yeah. other national champions other than Alabama. Right. Anytime, you know, I used to work in the record industry many years ago, and I remember a guy always told me, he said, you know, we've got a stack full of records that would be a number one song if they got played. Mm-hmm. They never got released. So a lot of football teams, not a lot, but there were other football teams other than Alabama or LSU, had they had an opportunity with two losses to play for that national championship and had a 50-50 chance of winning it, they would have won it. They would have won. A, they would have won national, team. and they would have changed the whole. Th- so they were given some opportunity. Did they take advantage of it? Absolutely. But the SEC was given some unfair opportunities. Uh, in the past. Real quickly, you said that you had an inside source tell you Ole Miss did offer to play Southern Miss in football, right? By the same terms that Auburn or Alabama would have played by, no home and home. And that's when the deal fell through. That's when the deal, deal fell through. All right. Thanks for that honesty about the SEC. And by the way, Oklahoma is the team with 40-something-odd wins under Bud Wilkinson who would match Alabama's uh, dominance of today. Boomer Sooner. Boomer Sooner. All right. That's the Eagle Hour for today. Back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Thank Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.